Welcome back to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Um, this episode we're covering Richmond. Um, a very, very interesting team, particularly with some certain inclusions. Yep. And uh, fair inclusions. I'm sure they'll have a salary cap. Not fair at all. How? <laughs> how? I hear they're going to lose their cola, Chris. Um, no, the impact that the Tom Lynch trade is going to be league-wide. And I guarantee you by this time next trade period, the AFL will have in- introduced some new rule about where free agents can go. And it won't be like top four, top four teams or something. Yeah. I agree. So, um, so quickly, happen. let's go into our socials. You can find us facebook.com forward slash SC Insider. He got it right. <laughs> and on Twitter, we are SC underscore Insider underscore. Yep. And how about the rest? So twitch.tv, which is what some people right now are watching us on. So thank you very much, Nolan Richardson, is twitch.tv uh, forward slash SC underscore Insider. And on SoundCloud and YouTube under Supercoach Insider. Yes. Mm. And Spotify. Spotify and all major podcast platforms, including iTunes. We're everywhere now. We're like we the are. wind. We are. We're like the wind. We are everywhere, <laughs> which is great, which is great. Um, so, Chris, you want to start off by telling us about this, uh, the new champion data, release some information today regarding the kick-ins and points that will be associated by kick-ins. We did what we wanted to cover it on the Richmond podcast for two reasons. First of all, no one's going to probably listen to Port Adelaide's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was, I was wondering why. Yeah. I was like, why is he waiting an episode? Uh, he's like, why is he waiting? Um, and second of all, obviously, um, it was breaking news today. So we did want to make a, a recording today, just a little bit on it. Um, so Champion Data confirmed that there will be new rules, um, uh, obviously intact with the AFL's new rules that um, they handed down. And part of the AFL's new rules is that there you can now play on outside the square without having to kick the ball to yourself. Yes. So you don't have to kick kick the ball and the person is now further five meters back so double the distance instead of five meters off the mark they're now 10 meters off the yeah, mark. yeah which means that and there's also that the protected area still yes. so what that means is that the person who's coming out from a kick-in has probably 20 meters in front of them from the goal line um maybe from the, goal, a, line? From yeah. the goal line yeah. um and i see this is what likely is happening and this is completely conjecture we don't know how they're going to actually structure this into um, actual AFL is that or instead how, of standing on the goal line and then running in to take a kick out, they're likely going to be standing on the uh, the end of the uh, box and then running in to take a kick out. Yep. So they're gaining Im- immediately another 10 meters and then they've got more space to go either left or right, which means I think that there's a high percentage chance that almost all of the kick-ins should be yes. outside of the box. Well, especially not only that, it's also not just what the players are wanting to do themselves. Hey, mm-hmm. as you mentioned if you're going to get a free stat, you want to have a free stat. Yeah. You know. Oh, and sorry, we didn't actually mention this. So the so how Champion Data are actually do, uh, recording this information is that if they do play on outside the box, if as long as they're outside the box, their possession counts as a disposal. Yep. So if they which, handball it or kick it, no matter what, if they're outside the box, it no, passes as a disposal. Handball inside the box still counts as a disposal. So any handball is a play on and a disposal. The kick is only not counted if the kick was taken inside the square. Right. So outside the square, though, it is considered a, a disposal. So the only time that it doesn't <coughs> impact your super coach scoring is if, for whatever reason, uh, they take a quick option. They're in the square and they just do a. You know how sometimes they just run and grab the ball, a little yep. chip kick out to keep going. 
um, that's the only time it would not apply as a disposal. Right. Yeah. You just confused me now, Chris, because uh, I thought once they once they take a step outside the box, it's then if they handball kick it, it counts as a disposal. Yeah. Whereas if you kick it or handball it in the box, I thought it wasn't no, no. a disposal. So if you handball it inside the box, it's still considered a disposal. Hand, a handball... Inside the box, outside the box. Inside or outside, doesn't matter. Uh, a handball in general is from a kick out is now considered a disposal regardless. Okay. So if they decide for... I don't know why you would have a handball inside the box in your own defensive square anyway, but if a quick option's on and you hand, and they handball it out from from a kick out, that's a disposal regardless of whether inside or out the, outside the box. Right. The only thing that, that could potentially deem a non-disposal is if it is a kick out and they kick it inside the square. Yep. That's it. Well, they said that, yeah, that's Everything else is considered a disposal. Well, I think people would be playing on. I think it's also interesting to see how teams are going to utilize this, yeah. which is probably the biggest part because my, my personal fan favorite theory is that you're going to get the guys with the longest boot. Not always, but they might want to really just shake it up and go the longest disposal you can. So you might get uh, a Witherden or someone who's got a big boot like Luke McDonald. Yep. I know you like my Luke McDonald, you know, but I do. If, but if he plays on, right, starts at ten meters, he can run about seven meters before anybody can get to him, and then he kicks it fifty meters or yeah. sixty meters. You're on, you're on past the wing. I like when you use Luke McDonald. You should just use James Sicily because well, he's yeah, the Sicily. lock of okay, he's well, the lock between. Right. Well, let's right? say Sicily. So <laughs> flog Sicily just kicks it nice and far. Right, yep. it might not. If they get the mark or whatever, then wonderful. But then I can see teams trying to switch it back to the other side and then go bang into goal. It's going to be interesting because or a stoppage at least to have a stoppage on the wing. A couple of things I want to say about that. First and foremost, this literally went live. The AFL tweeted it out probably under an hour ago, and within that hour, um, uh, Jack Gunston tagged James Sicily in the post. <laughs> That's good. Next, five minutes later, Eric Kupwood tagged Alex Witherden in the post. So they obviously know that they are their designated kickers. Yes. Um, now, this is two two options, right? So I can't imagine this from a structural point of view. I don't know why they wouldn't take, play on. I don't know why they would unless they, unless they have the ball and they just see as, and they see somebody right, easy straight option, away. bang. Well, yeah, right? 30, 40 meters, he's free. I'm slow, just gonna bang, kick slow it. Slow playing, hundred percent. It's always going to be a, yeah. a long play. If it's on. all locked up. Yep, hundred percent. Um, which means that you know valuable long kick takers, etc. Uh, the uh, the other thing is that defenders are now going to guaranteed to get another stat. Yes. So you've got people that are take, for example, and um, we just had a question here. I'm sure Stonesy just said top four players for kick-ins last year. I can tell you that right now. So Jake Lloyd is number one at 151 kick-ins. Number two is Shannon Hearn, 129. Number three is Alex Witherden, 126. And number four is Luke Ryan on 107. Yep, but behind Luke Ryan is Wilson on 105, both three mental players. Both three players. So now here's the interesting thing. So last year they did record a stat if they kicked themselves. So if they played on, so um, and a large amount of those um, kick-ins are played on, but they're not as many as, as you like, as you are. So putting it into a perspective of kick-ins per game, Lloyd 6.86 Streets ahead of the next available on uh, which is Hearn at five. Po- uh, no, sorry, I lie. Uh, the next is Alex Withered at six, then Hearn at five point eight six, uh, and then um, Ryan, at five. Ryan is it five point three five? No, Stephen May five point five three. So May again, an interesting character coming across to Melbourne. The previous kick taker there was Jordan. Um, what's his name? Which team? Melbourne. Defender, Jordan something. Lewis. Jordan Lewis, yes. So he was the previous person who took the I don't the know why I kept thinking Murdoch, Murdoch, Murdoch. I'm like, Ugh, get out of my head. So we'll see that. I also have some interesting stats here on the percentages of kick-ins. 
which I think is pretty, uh, pretty important to that as well. Give me one sec while I pull that out. So, so again, yes, they, what this, what this will let you know is, okay, how many, how much of an uptick will they have based on how many kickouts they took? So yep. you know, Lloyd had a hundred and, you know, whatever it was, 151, but he actually plays on 29% of the time. Witherden plays on 41% of the time and Shannon Hearn played on uh, 41% of the well. time as well. So those guys will have a, a smaller uptake than uh, a Lloyd. However, someone like Sicily, 18.75% he played on, which is means that he's going to have a much larger uptake than the others. Yeah, Luke Ryan, 3.7%. Um, 3.7% for Luke Ryan is insane. So he, he's on in the top four. He only played on 3.7% of the time. That's insane. Um, Nathan Wilson was 17%. Hedershaw um, fifty seven. Hedershaw did. Hedershaw had the had the was the Most, highest of yeah. of the entire group. Fifty seven percent. And he on the average. And he on the average ninety as well. So he probably won't go up that much. Yeah. Other interesting ones: Shane Savage less than eleven point two six. Can't be sure of that exact stat. Jimmy Webster sixteen point three six percent. Stephen May is less than twenty six percent. Tom Stewart well. up high as well, fifty seven percent. So yeah. Okay. So at this point, what you're saying is then that Sicily looks awesome. Lloyd could still improve a lot. Jaden Short, I think, is an Jayden interesting Short one. Jaden Short is huge value in draft. 16.6. Yep. 16. Huge, huge for draft. Yep. Um, so Witherden... Here's the other thing. So uh, he, he took 90 kickouts, right? Jaden Short. However, Richmond only had 160 behinds kicked against them from rounds 1 to round 22. Right. So that was very low. If you look at someone like a, um, a Lloyd, for example, who had 150, that's because against Sydney, a lot of behinds were scored. So that is obvious. That will influence it. Yep. So... Because Richmond, obviously, they just don't get scored against. Well, do you think Hawthorne losing Titch will have uh, yeah. be bombarded a little bit more in defence this year, Chris? Which will help Sicily. Yes. So I, he might actually find himself into my side. The no, feel good, not, no, the you're feel making good that story. bet. You're the making that Whitfield story. bet. You're Which making one? That, yeah, the one that you think that Whitfield's going to out-average him. Am I doing that now? Am I locked yeah, in? I don't, I don't think we've shaken nah, on anything I lock, here, Chris. I, I'm going to lock it up. Shaken, not stirred. Um, and yes, uh, so we just had JR Stiff just uh, said Lloyd looks like an absolute lock. I agree at this point um, because if you take his one twelve and then add maybe what nine to ten points per game, but he's so expensive. I don't oh, like man, expensive. I don't care. That's it's still value. I don't like expensive. Taking it, I'm take. I can't. Like, even, worst case scenario goes down ten points per game, but he goes up ten points per game because of the the extra addition of the rule. Did you see uh, what Blakely Blakely actually came out saying as well regarding his role? He said, "I'll yep. play wherever Ross wants me to play. I just all I can do is be fit enough, and hopefully I'll play for uh, midfield, and possibly rebounding yeah. defender kind of." Which thing. basically says to me he's going to be playing midfield. Yeah. Yeah, but he didn't want to lock it in because it's like, well, Ross could change his mind at any moment, so I'll play wherever Ross wants me to play. Yeah. But I'm just trying to be fit enough to play midfield. I like it. Now, other thing is that I've um, the last thing I want to say on the on this before we move into Richmond. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Um, I, I just I'm sorry to to keep usurping you. So Adelaide Crows made a funny tweet that I just couldn't self but laugh at. Um, literally, this is a tweet. It said, forget the data. There's one way to sell this. Brody Smith or Rory Laird to accumulate more disposals from kick-ins in 2019. Uh, well, Smith um, so Smith didn't play, but we obviously know he can. No, no, from kick-ins in 2019. Yeah, yeah. But so Laird only had 18 in the entire year last year. Yeah. With, that's, so Brody Smith wasn't even playing. He still didn't get kick-ins. So it, like, they don't even know their own team. So I said, weird flex, but okay. <laughs> um, considering Laird only took 18 last year and Luke Brown took 93, I don't think I think the answer is pretty obvious. Um, but why would like the social media team doesn't even know their own players and what? Well, maybe their own they're trying to bump, pump up their boy. Yeah, maybe Laird will get some more kickouts. He's Good pretty work. quick. 
Maybe they're... It's pretty quick. I don't know. Who knows? But anyway, Laird doesn't take kick-ins um, very rarely. So he's actually the number one target from kick-ins in Adelaide, which... Hurts. So that hurts. That hurts because, again, we, we see people kicking long to a wing yeah. well, a they, lot more. They were chipping to Laird in the pocket. Exactly or, right. Yeah. So that, that little pocket chip, that's out of the game now. Well, I, I, that's what I can see. Unless but, you're sitting there on your own being like, hey, there's no one <laughs> around me. Laird could do. Like, yeah, me. exactly. See... <laughs> That's, um, that's Lockie Hunter's move. So uh, and also, so Whitfield was the number one <laughs> kick in from Heath Shaw into um, in, in the GWS defense. So how much does that impact them with them not taking those cheap uncontested marks? Who I was knows? Just thinking Lockie Hunter will probably try and stand as close as he can to the fence, so they just think it's some young child spectator, you know, with the fan gear on. It'll be a little Chris in full kit wanker. He could. And the next minute he pops he up. Like oh, kid. I got the disposal. He's like, who's this kid? He's about oh, five foot three. It's Lockie Hunter. Nah. Yeah. Oh, should I say what, the um, star, best and, the best the best and fairest lucky hunter? L- lucky one star, you mean? Lucky one, yeah, lucky one star. Anyway, that's enough of that. All right, let's move on. Fair enough. All right, I thought I'd um I jump on to um uh, rich. We'll jump into Richmond, but to do that, I've got uh, Dustin Martin the highlights to roll us over. So uh, get into it, mate. That must be from uh, 2017. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, nah, it was this year's this this year's highlights. Yeah. Oh, well, there's not many then, Chris. Now, nah, 13 minutes worth. It's pretty good. Jeez. Rolling on over. Nah, he still had a pretty good year, considering. Like, the expectations yeah. were up here, but, you know, God forbid. Uh, okay, so Richmond, they have the sixth easiest draw, also known as the 13th hardest. I don't know why they just don't go on the flip end. It makes it easier, yep. Well, it would make it easier. Uh, okay, so they have three Thursday night games. They have three Friday night games. Um, they also have Carlton to open and the Wednesday Anzac Eve. So they have a lot of early nice games. I saw Carlton open. I like it. It's, a lot of... Talk about a soft open, eh? I know. <laughs> like, they, they get gifted. I, like I said, like I said, I like watching Richmond play, just not round one. Yeah, Because it's just a shoe-in. Like, they're going to absolutely demolish them, I reckon. Anyway, that's just me. Uh, so it'll be good for them as far as finances go. A lot of Friday night games, a lot of Thursday night games, a lot of night games in general. I actually quite like Richmond at night time. I think it suits them better. Uh, they're they're one of the best teams to, to get like those primetime yep. spots. I love a Friday night Richmond game. Uh, so they have it's one four-day break, obviously, with the Anzac Eve game, and yep. uh, five six-day breaks. So... Best part is is that uh, a lot of the games are still at the MCG and in Melbourne. Uh, you're looking at the double ups. So you got Melbourne Giants, Collingwood, yeah. Port, and Carlton. So realistically, I think the Melbourne Giants and Collingwood game will probably be a bit more 50-50. But Richmond have such a, a commanding. I think they'll be top of the ladder again. There's so much ahead of like in terms of the home and away season. Like I know that yeah. You know, Someone else has to really. They improve. buckled under the pressure of Collingwood last year. Ah, oh, we flexed. Um, but uh, they are like home and away. They're they're far and away the best team team yeah. in the competition. And in so. the last two years, they've also won more premierships than Collingwood. That's true. <laughs> they've won a lot more. <laughs> yes, they have. Uh, yeah, uh, we're just uh, just on the Twitch here. We got JR Stiff said, "I think Robertson coming back takes a uh, fair few kickouts, or they leave it to Big Boot Savage." Um, uh, we'll touch on that. We are going to go through the Saints podcast very soon. Probably next. However, yeah, next. Um, yeah, so if you hold on the phone, I'll, we'll cover that because there's not much point covering in this pod. Yes, that's fair call. Uh, okay, so they have the round 14 buy, so they share it with Adelaide, Carlton, Suns, Giants, and North. Yep. So for me, I'm actually... It's hard to say because Richmond spread the load. They do. They do. They're like... And they have role changes that impact your entire season. It's so shared that you might as well call them Soggy Sayo Richmond. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so... We're trying to keep this... Now, I'm just glad that, you know, that a lot of people out there people won't know, know what you're talking about. No, exactly. So I can say what I like. It's all conjecture, Jesus. right? Calm uh, down, okay, yeah. but 
The good thing is, is that because they share it with Adelaide, Carlton, Suns, Giants, and North, realistically, Adelaide and, what, the Giants are probably the only ones that actually probably want people from your sides anyway, as far as, far as the prime movers go. Yeah. Um, Off-season, they picked up, obviously, the big man, Tommy Lynch. Yep. Uh, I can't wait to see what he can get into. They got rid of some fringe players, including Miles, Ellis, Lloyd, and Conquer, etc. So yeah, all of their sort of you know yeah. twenty one to twenty five, yeah, maybe them. even later twenty eight. Yeah, good on them. They'll get some opportunity elsewhere. Yep. Uh, which, if anything, just provides some. They've draft got value. young guys that can take their roles pretty convincingly. I think yeah. so. It, you know, guys that have played games, but they're you know they may necessarily have had a full chance oh, of getting in. So someone like a Jaden Short, I think. Beautiful oh, draft Dusty just smashed Brisbane there with a nice one. I mean, the goal square. You love, you love when they... Oh, oh, I, I how look, good was that game this year? I look, you, I look over. Was it 100 and something points? It was a big beating you guys got from Richmond this year. Nah, I don't think it was 100. I think it was like 80-odd. You guys didn't score in the first half, yeah, we, did you? Yeah, we got fogged. Something stupid. Uh, okay, so rookies to note. We'll go with uh, Oleg... Oleg? Oleg Markov. Oleg Markov, 158k. Straight out of Russia. Yeah, so uh, apparently big raps on him, uh, make or break for him, basically. It's his fourth season at Richmond, and given he's still yet to cement his, cement his spot in the side, he needs a big preseason to get into the mix. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, they've lost some depth players like Lloyd Conker, Ellis, and Miles. So He'll get chances this year. Well, yes. Well, and basically, so, you know, Batrahuli as well has been a big servant to the club, but they could look to transition... Uh, Markov into this role, so he's a defender. Yeah, uh, I agree looking... with you. I think I think this year will be the last year that say Hooley's playing. You know, Correct. Twenty-two games. Um, dash off defence as many as he can anyway. And or on the wing, uh, he ignored interest from rival clubs to re-sign at Richmond. So yep. uh, track watchers have told us he's put on some serious size. So for me, I am watching uh, Oleg. Yep, at one hundred fifty k, fifty eight k. Yes, it's the same sort of price point as you know a Scrimshaw or an IQ. I wonder if there's like By a the way, language. Photo went up the other day on uh, Collingwood's uh, uh, Instagram or Twitter or whatever of, of IQ just doing a bicep curls. Dude, the guy's huge. He's like scary big for an eighteen-year-old. Jesus. So you would you would like it. I will tag you in it. Well, uh, here, here's my here's my problem, Chris. I think Oleg Markov, right? And I wonder if there was like a language barrier when he first got there. What was that? So when he gets the ball, they're like, he's like, what do I do with it? They're like, Oleg it. <laughs> Oleg it! Here's one I prepared earlier. Yeah. <laughs> well done. No, it was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Well done. On to Jake <laughs> Arts. Uh, yeah, so Jake Arts. Uh, apparently... Oh, did you literally put him in here? Did you make a joke? Jake Arts? <laughs> no. no? Why would I? Oh, no. just, Although Jesse just... Hogan's a bit upset he can't have that last name. <laughs> <laughs> just puffing back the darts. Jay, uh, more like Jay Darts. <laughs> Jay Darts. That's what we'll call him. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Anyway, Sorry, we're having a bit of fun. I'm probably, a, I think I'm sweating. It's a bit hot in here. He's a 106k forward. Uh, they picked him up in the rookie draft. Uh, apparently has uh, classy uh, footy smarts and the ability to hit the scoreboard as well as fierce competitiveness. And we all know Richmond loves fierce and competitive players, particularly putting pressure on. Uh, he's from their VFL side. So basically, he's already a Richmond man. Played 16 games. 13 disposals, uh, four tackles, and one goal and one assist per game he averaged. So I think he's probably a fair way back in the line because they have a lot of small forwards already. However, he did get a rookie spot, so they've kind of promoted him and given him an opportunity there. So I think we'll see with that. Uh, we'll move straight on to the oh, premiums. Oh, that, that all That's the rookies? It. Yeah. Yep, well, they're all the ones worth noting, Chris, because oh, okay. they're, a, they're a winning side. So I've got to do my own research for Richmond then? Oh. <laughs> okay, look. Do you want me to tell you the people that aren't relevant that may or may not get a game in the next two years? I would love, I would love that. Well, find it out your bloody self. 
Right. I love giving the it to you. The people don't want to know about the third string, third tier, fourth generation reject. Right. They might. Well, then they can do it them bloody selves too. Okay. Who knows? You <laughs> anyway. tell us. Tell us in the comments. Tell us um, yeah, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, wherever wherever you listen to us. Well, Let us know how deep you want us to go because we, the problem, go is, the we problem can go deep The problem is Richmond already have a pretty deep lineup because they were in covering the for injuries. Shadow. Well, yeah, they were covering for injuries already. So, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, so a lot of their players have already got quite a yeah, few lo- games. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. There's, there's so probably there's... not a lot of opportunity for Correct. young guys. I mean, surprised that um, Jack, what's his name, little guy? Reacher. No, that's not him. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Uh, little little guy, Jack guy, funny. Jack Martin. No, for place for Richmond. Played in the full pocket, threw the ball in the yeah, air. Yeah, Higgins, yeah. Yeah, Jack Higgins, sorry. Oh, no, I was there just waiting for you to try and land. I'm waiting for you to try and, land. Try and land your plane, mate. Yeah, um, right. so I was surprised how many games he managed to play in a team like Richmond who won the mining premiership two years in a row, or I suppose one year in a row. I know, especially anyway. when his heart's beating a million seconds a minute. <laughs> or whatever he was saying. <laughs> so good. So good. And well, the, what's well, even better is Heaney. How Heaney comes up afterwards and makes a, cracks a joke as well. I oh, think it's great. So good. I, anyway. think, I think their team... Anyway, Dustin really Martin, um, 563k. He yep. averaged 103.9. This is actually his lowest output since 2005. Yep. Um, the best part is, is that he's actually never played less than 20 games. Ever. In nine seasons, never yeah, played he's, less he's than 20 games. games. So reliable. Yeah. Um, for me, in draft, even if you can get him in the second round in draft as a VC option, for someone who plays every game... And for someone who can bang out a 160 when you need one. So this is this is one thing. Just and plays quickly, a, they play a lot of early games too, I think, Richard. Yes, they so. do. So awesome for a VC. Quickly off topic, we're chatting to, I was chatting to one of the guys from our league just the other day. We've gone from a 10-man league to a 12-man. And I was like, well, now it's even more important to get guys that are reliable that aren't injured because... Yeah. You know, instead of having these guys that could get you 80-odd on the fringe, you're going to be getting less value for your bench players. Yep. Uh, and even more in an 18-man league, go for guys that are reliable, that aren't injury-prone, because otherwise you're just going to lose games left, right, and center because your top two players are injured. Or trade them into your team yeah. <laughs> like, like Ben does. No, I'd trade, trade in value, man. Yeah, exactly right. Oh, good. Anyway, um, okay, so he averaged... 110.9 the last seven rounds, Yep, which is amazing. When I After I trade him, yep. Thanks he averaged much. 87.2, though, however, between round five and round 16. Yeah, of course he did. Which is where everyone got hurt by him. Yep. And, um, burn, man. That's why, yeah, burn. Everyone burn. got, everyone Here's got the burnt. Thing. Is he gonna, where's he going to play? Is he going to play in the midfield or I is he going to so. play up forward? I think he'll play midfield. So that's my that's a, so an you opinion. think that Tom Lynch coming in means that he plays more? I think he'll still rest forward, but I think he will be in the guts. Yeah, I think after such a big year the year before, I think he was playing injured a little bit, and they didn't need be, him. Look, so I'm, I'm interested. I, I, I don't know yet. Is the answer? Yeah. Um, I think it more has an impact on Josh Caddy negatively. So Josh Caddy was playing, you know, yes. essentially Tom Lynch's role. What happens to Josh Caddy now? Who knows? Because I mean, he's been perennially like uh, unplaceable in terms of okay, what's his actual role? Because he there was tried in midfield, was tried up forward. And then they were like, oh, we'll play you at full forward as the marking yeah. tool, even though he's not really marking size, and it worked. Well, could having an extra tool as well could also help like a Lambert or something get on the outside yep. a little bit more rather than a caddy, because I think caddy's a bit too bulky for that. Uh, anyway. It's interesting. Anyway, I, I still think that he spends a lot of time forward in games and rests forward for whole quarters, um, but I don't know how it impacts them overall, and so I want to see it. Well, I think... It's his lowest return in a few seasons, so I think he can't get worse than he is now. Therefore, yeah. I see value. He's got value. I think there is value there, but he's only averaged over 110 once in his entire career. Yeah, correct. 
which was last but year. But I was saying I was saying that to people last year when I was like, we have seven of the top 11 midfielders that have only been there once. And everyone's like, oh, you're crazy. You can yeah. lock them in. I was like, well, no, you can't lock There's them in. There's just so much value in the top end this year. I mean, at yep. five, for if he, if, I mean, if he, well, let's say he has value and he averages 110, you know, Zach Merritt's still 20K cheaper for the probably the same average. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not exactly <laughs> sold on, on Dustin Martin this year. And I think he will be very, very popular. So I want to see him in the JLT before I put my oh I'd be my paper to pen. I'd be going off percentage of teams. Yeah. If he's not in a big percentage of teams, I, I still I'd, want I'd to be hear. worth. I'm keen. Yeah, for that's fun. true. I, I yeah. think he'll be. I think he'll be in a lot of teams. Probably. I think he'll be in like twenty percent. Nah, 40 percent. Really, he was in forty last year though, and yeah, but because he's cheaper this year, yeah, I think maybe. that I think the people will really jump on board. Be like, oh, he so can you're get saying though, if it. he was ten percent or under, you wouldn't put him in. Or you would at no, I would. Under. Yeah, yeah I would definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think if it's get, under fifteen. Yeah, if he I'm starts starting. to get to like twenty percent, then I think it's a bit dangerous. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he had eleven scores under a hundred the last season. So yep. uh, compared to only five the previous year, so he can definitely improve. Uh, no doubts about that. Uh, and he only had five hundred and twenty plus scores instead of eleven hundred and twenty plus scores uh, the year before. So. <laughs> Sorry, I just, uh, we've got uh, Carlito, um, which I think is Carl Shepard, by the way. He said, uh, go deep. That's what she said. Oh, jeez. <laughs> is that about the soggy comment? Or? Now, I will say one thing that we both said oh, last deep year. Leagues. Yes. Is that uh, we both said that, um, and we questioned Dustin Martin at the start of last year, saying, even though we both started him, yeah. we, we questioned him at the start of the year, and we said, because he won the Brownlow, he had the best year ever. He won the Brownlow, the Norm Smith, and the coaches, Premiership. Yeah, the Coaches Award. And coaches Award. Yeah. Like he won every award on the Sun. How the hell is he going to improve at one nineteen average? Yep. And proves in the pudding. He went we also there. said, how's Titch going to improve? Because he gets that many disposals anyway. That's and true. Then so he, you win some, you well, lose he, some. I think he improved his time but on the th- a little bit. But. We, we always said that he's not going to be going down. I mean, we yeah. did say he'd have to break his own record and he did. He had yeah, to break teach, his own yeah, disposal sure. record too. Uh, the yeah. next one is Nankervis, who Chris seems to be on a little bit more than I do. I am. Uh, average 98.2, 533k ruck. Um, I, I don't know about Nank, but Chris seems to be... So I might let Chris give you a bit about this one. However, yep. the good thing with Nank is he had six scores over 110, including three of those over 120. He improved his average by nearly 10 Supercoach points based on the year before, so he didn't actually fall the tank so maybe his tank's improving yep uh, which he's could playing help. a lot more game time and uh, it's evident when he goes off and there was games last year where he went off and the Tigers would lose four goals in yeah. in 10 minutes I think um, they definitely need him on ground as he much needs as to possible be on, and that's the thing so he's going to be playing more time on ground you've got those new ruck rules there's still think, natural development in him because he's yes. only 24 okay and I think the new ruck rules might help as well because yeah. he's more of a uh, you know, follow up and tackle Grundy type, where yes. he, he might actually be able to outmuscle some people yep. to try and get the ball instead of he's not the best tap ruckman. No, so he's not. Yeah. if he can try and outmuscle a couple of people and grab it and then get rid of it to one of their midfielders think, running through, it could actually help him out. I think he spends his season studying Brody Grundy. And I know that sounds strange, but I think they're very, very similar types of players and studying how he actually uh, impacts games. And it's really his possessions. He needs to get a little bit more possessions. Yep. Um, well, Brody Grundy hovered around 90 for ages, so you're saying that... Exactly, Nankervis- so he went 90 to 1. I don't know if Nankervis is necessarily going to be the guy that goes 120, 130, but it's not a stretch to say he can improve his game by 5 to maybe 10 points yep. per game I this year. I think what's in his favour is that they're going to be in a winning side. Yeah, exactly. And at that point, I'm willing to put a Ruckman in my side in for draft anyway, if you get to that point. But I think in a winning side, the Ruckman are going to score better off than not. I mean, you look at Steph Martin when they win games, he scores a lot better than when yep. they get smashed. Because, you know, he just gets a lot of the ball and uh, happy with that. 
Jackie Rewalt is my yep. boy. Probably Ooh. one of the better decisions I made last year. Yeah, lucky decisions, you mean? Lucky, yeah. Well, every other decision I brought in guys when they were 220? high. What did you get, 220? Yeah, against Gold Coast, 220, yeah. I think. So, uh, so 504k forward, average 92.9. Massively inflated. Um, not in, Well, basically inflated, but then he also got knocked out on three in round 10. So, basically, <laughs> it probably evens out. It probably does even out. It You're probably right. evens out. Yep. So, But if you take that one out, Chris... The following week, he also got—he didn't even take the week off. He just got knocked down on three. Plays the next week, gets a thirty-five, and then gets a seventy-seven, seventy-seven. He pretty much wasn't right for a month. I remember—I remember when he got went off with that knockout. He's like waving away. That he's like, "No, I'm good. I'm good." And he's like trying to stumble back to full forward. I'm like, "Bro, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> get, get off the field, bro." <laughs> no, you can't kick no, me out. No, you won't I, let it. I kick you out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good one. <laughs> it was no good. Um, so his true average—if you take out the three. Let's keep that 35 in there because, you know, he played. Yep. Uh, so his true average is 97.14. However, yeah, inflated by that 120-odd score. Um, if you take out the average before his knockout was 91.9, and then his average after the buy, so his last nine were 113.77. He had some big games, including the 200 against uh, 220 versus Gold Coast. So that uh, so what's Tom Lynch and Jack Rewalt going to do against Gold Coast? Oh, or man. when do they I don't first, even want to know. When do they first Gold Coast? That's interesting. Yeah, what's interesting about that is it coincided with uh, Dustin Martin's move back into midfield. What do we always say? What do we keep saying every week? Play your best players where they're going to be most impactful. Dustin Martin is a midfielder. Yep. Play him in midfield. God damn it. Yep. You know who had a bad year in the midfield? Who? Cochin. Yeah, he went uh, down. Yeah, mm. but I was in... Did the team roll? He played a great... Uh, we we say season. this all the time as well. Yeah, good season. Just because you are um, you have a bad super coach, he doesn't mean you had a bad Correct. I think year. I think he had a good year, yeah, but I think he didn't impact on super coach terms. Uh, lowest return since 2010. Uh, he just it. wasn't required to do as much, and I think the whole team wasn't required. Probably to do not. As much. But he also matched his 120 plus scores from the year prior. Okay. So the worst ever, Which except he's still yeah, he's bottom end. So he had a lot of low games. Let's let's read these out, right? I think um, teams started to target Cochin, and I, you have to correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, I think a lot of teams uh, did actually tag Cochin just because they know his impact. You're not going to be able to tag Martin. How do you tag Martin? When you when you do try and tag him, you just tag. Yeah, hey. exactly. He just yeah. you know don't argue with you and you're you're done. It's like anyway. the movie tag. He's the guy that never he's, gets tagged. Yeah, exactly right. Whereas Cochin, he's someone that is taggable, and he, I think that's what affected his low scores. So low scores: 48, 50, 55, 60, 68. Yeah, that's definitely. I'd love to know if um if that was true. Yep. So we'll move on to mid prices yep. next. Number one mid pricer. Um, if he can actually get onto the park, is Tommy Lynch, 425k forward. Uh, he averaged 78.4, but he has averaged up in the 90s a couple years prior. Uh, I think in a winning side, he's gone from like the worst side to the best side. So I think the ball's going to be in there so thick and fast that it's definitely not unforeseeable <laughs> that he will actually win the uh, Norm Smith. Not Norm Smith. Ha! Yeah, the Norm Smith. Uh, the Coleman. I think the ball's going to be in there so much. Tom Lynch could absolutely go on fire. He could absolutely go bang. However, being a key forward will probably be up and down. And is his body right? Which is probably the bigger question. I think his body's right. I think that... We Richmond... had more surgery again to clear, like, yeah, but... clean out the scar tissue and whatever else, cosmetic. Here's the thing that I'm actually leaning towards. I think that Tom Lynch will have a good year. I'm not sure it's going to be 95 to 100 good. Might be a sort of 85 to 90 good. And I think that the reason is, I think the medical team at Richmond is just much better. I think that their 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 footy department is run by actual people who know how to run footy clubs, and <laughs> oh, he'll be monitored. Slap, I mean, slap in the face. What happens? People get lazy. 
So you get your, oh, I'm on, I'm, you know, I'm in the injury group, whatever, rehab group at Gold Coast. Are they getting checked up on? Who knows? The footy department is run by a bunch of slouches. Like they need to be constantly monitored to make sure they're doing what they're doing. And if, if you're not monitored, then what happens is you just end up getting lazy and you're like, oh yeah, she'll be right. I'll just do the bare minimum. If you're monitored, then you get motivated to keep going. And I think that that's really important for someone like Tom Lynch, who's come from arguably one of the worst cultures in the AFL to Ooh, arguably yeah. one of the best cultures in the AFL. And I think he wants. I think he likes to be a big game player. Like you've seen when he took that big mark and kicked, I think a draw. He likes to be a big game player. Yeah. Except the big games at Gold Coast were like fifteen, you know, thousand people. So yeah, I agree. Um, you might want to switch that up too, Chris. I think it's starting oh, to get on. We're just watching um, plenty of Richmond highlights at this at this point. His season was inflated by a 180 in round two against Carlton as well. So when he versus Carlton, he seems to go big. And when he versus Gold Coast, he could absolutely go you know, monster as well. So that's true. I think that's going to be the interesting part uh, for that part of it. So the next one is Jaden Short, average 85.5. He's 465k defender. I'm big on short. Same here. And um, he's definitely not short in stocks. <laughs> he's, um, he's short in stature. Stature. Well, no, wait. Not short in stature, actually just short. Just short. Yeah. Um, but then he's also around the Witherton price and stuff, who I'd probably rather bank on to yeah. go the next level than short. Uh, he did average 92.5 his last 13 rounds, which is, I had him in draft at that point in time, so happy days to me. Yep, I especially liked when he was playing Collingwood and they let him kick two goals from outside 50. Oh, so good. In, in a, row. a row. In a row. And not learned anything in five seconds of football. In oh a row. Uh, new kick-out rules could improve his points as well uh, going into his fourth season, so I think he could be definitely one to watch. Yeah, I think he's one that can average 90 to 95 this year, and so that makes him really great draft value. Um, I'm not sure if he's standard relevant just yet, um, I probably yep. want to see a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I definitely think he's someone that can add a lot of draft value. Yes, and speaking of draft value, my draft specials. So I pretty much put Lambert, Edwards, and Caddy all in the same category because they all provide value in winning teams. Yep. If they weren't in winning teams, you'd probably second question them a little bit, but I think they're all going to average you over 80, which then makes it more draft relevant. Yep. Uh, I don't see any of them going particularly large unless uh, Lambert gets more outside ball. Yep. And he gets a little bit of midfield time as well. He might actually push towards the 90. However, avoid in standard, but they will provide value in draft. I think you can't. If you had one of those guys in your side, I'd probably say Lambert first, then probably what Caddy, then Edwards, because I'm not sure how Edwards will back up after that. I, I just don't know Caddy's, uh, yeah, Caddy's either. role. So anyway, so Lambert would be the pick. Caddy last, Lambert just because I just don't know yet. Lambert, Lambert's the, the pick, pick though. Okay, yeah. right. Um, yep. Also, draft specials, you're looking at Alex Rance. Yep. Uh, 82.5 average. So That's it's his lowest return in quite a while. Lowest since 2010. Yeah. He only had 300, though, which is very unlike Rance. Um, Un-Rance-like, even. It is. So he mm. provides lots of value. At an 82 average, you'll be able to get him so much later than you normally would have been able to get him. He was typically a first defense. Like, once yeah. someone's first D1. Yeah, like 96 years. average, 98 average. Yeah, just because so, his reliability, yeah. Plenty there. Uh, he can average uh, yeah, really well. So he had 12 scores under 80. Uh, and the worst part was his last nine rounds, he actually averaged 68.2. It could just be because the ball's not getting down there. <laughs> Well, it's possible. <laughs> well, I mean, he's averaging well when Richmond were playing shite, I essentially. Think, Let's yeah. be fair. Um, you never know. I think he's, um, you know, might be thinking about life after football. You never know. So, well, he has been. He actually got I quoted know. last year as saying he thought about retiring after the premiership and just yeah. was like, whatever. So, well, maybe now he'll grit down and get down to business. Let's hope. Maybe he's realized that, you know, you can't make, you know, f- six, seven hundred grand a year yeah, doing, doing uh, whatever else you're going to be doing. Fishing. Uh, okay, next one is Dion Prestia, average 88.9. Uh, I say draft value because he does have the potential to go you 100. However, his last four years, he's only played eight games, 
14 games, 19 games, and 11 games. Mm. So that hurts, but on the potential side, so if you want to play the risk-reward factor, between round 15 and round 19, he had a five-game average of 103.2, and then he got re-injured, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, you know, risk versus classic, reward. Classic Prestia. I'd rather let someone else take that because chances are they're not going to have him for the whole season. Again, especially late, you want to try and pick people. Like, if you get an 88 average... Um, uh, midfielder yep. on on your field in draft, and they get injured, you're going to like a seventy because no one's going to trade you for him. There's I, no, he's not enough value. I tell you when I would try and actually pick up Prestia if he's training twice a week. Yeah, because he came out and saying that he could only because of his knee issues, he was training once a week and then playing the games and then that was it. So if he actually starts training a couple times a week, he could be an absolute weapon, Classic. and that would then tell me that he has more confidence in his body. That's true. So. Only if that comes out. I like it as a draft well, I option. Look, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't not pick him, but it's just a risky draft option. Yep. You'd, you'd have to... I would pick him under 88, and I don't think others would. I think people would take him at 88. Yeah, probably. So, people would pick him in the 90s. Yeah. So, uh, Batcher Hooley, speaking of risky drafts, draft options, average 73.6. Um, I don't know if he gets overtaken by youth. He still has a lot of value, though. I think he still has a lot to give. He could average you 80, 88. With Ellis gone, yeah, he went, does he become Well, he was name? averaging like 98 the year yep. before that. So he has a lot of value still. Um, lowest output since 2009. He did get injured on 10. Uh, so in round 10 on 15. So his true average is more like a 78 and a half. I think he could average you. Late 80, draft, he could Great. average 86, 88. He could average you 98. So I think there's I value agree. there. Problem is, I think he got overtaken by short. Oh, definitely in terms of the and, designated kicker stats. Well, him and Ellis, I think, got overtaken. So yeah, yeah. Well, Ellis is not there, so great. No, the other one, Ellis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Corey Ellis. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Brendan. Ah, oh, okay. The other cool. one. Yeah, yep. the one that was actually playing games at one point, and then got you know shafted. Fair enough. Uh, one to watch is Brendan Ellis. Yep. Um, can he recap the form of 2017? Probably, Probably not. not, but. One to watch because he could be real value in draft. Definitely not worth the risk in standard for those that <laughs> got burnt trying no to way. risk that train last year. But again, like Hooley, I'd be watching him because he was out of the, the first team. So if he comes out really cracking down this preseason, trying to cement his spot in the side again, because now he knows nothing's guaranteed. Fair so enough. he might actually come out with a bit of a firecracker up the clacker. Definitely one to watch, but I'd... I'd, I'd watch him for draft. I, I'd take a risk in draft. You have to. You have to take Definitely risks. late. But, yeah. I mean, well, what, bench? Yeah, he averaged horribly, so you'd be able to pick him up late. Those, yeah. those are the options. I, picked I up like a, it. I picked up a Robertson a couple of years ago and a Higgins a couple of years ago from that position. That's averaging you in, a ten, in a 10 league. Yeah, in a 10, 10 league, league. But yeah. they're averaging 70s. So I got yeah, them on the sense. bench. I, I dig it. Yeah, great value. Uh, one to watch as well, Tommy Lynch and Prestia for their bodies. Yep, definitely. And watch Dustin Martin for their role and watch Short for his kick-out use. Yep. Uh, players to avoid, I have anyone versing Richmond. Um, plain and simple, Richmond are going to be the best they side. Just domi- I think. They so, just dominate teams. Yeah, they just make it. They they just put you. There's so much pressure on the ball carrier that even even when if you do get 25 disposals, most of them are yeah turnovers or you know poor kicks or kicks to a contest. And it's unless it's a long kick to a contest, maybe a, a bit of a Jack Jack Chris. But can special. you think of anyone that's not really that relevant? I mean, yeah, you have a lot of fringe players. They're all, who you won't they're pick. all draft draft special yeah. and draft relevant, but there's not. But many there's not real many people ends. that you would say avoid this person 100. No. percent And they really. all could break out. Yeah, it's just uh, crazy. It's, yeah, who has the best year? All people have been relevant. That was me flipping a coin, by the way. Unrelevant. All oh, right. Yeah, do you like that? 
Yeah. Yeah, fair. Anyway. Uh, do you have anything to add, Chris? No, I love uh, I like watching Richmond. I look forward to seeing them, hopefully not on top of the ladder, but I think it's inevitable. So. Well, either way, we get the first look at them anyway. We do. First Carlton. So. Excellent. Anyway, happy days. Thanks for joining us, and we'll get into St. Kilda next. Thanks, guys. Have Thank a good you. one. Bye. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. Bye.